everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. I left my corporate HR job in 2007. I was pre-recession, although in the state of Michigan where I lived at the time, we really felt the recession starting around 2006. I had had enough of Pfizer and I asked for and received a severance package. It's just that simple. Well, it's really not that simple. I asked for a severance package and was told maybe. And then I asked someone else and I was told yes. (laughs) So lesson learned, ask the most important person you can in the food chain and stick with that answer. So I went out into the world and thought, I'm going to make some money blogging. And if you know anything about adulthood or capitalism, you should know that nobody ever made any money blogging. The same thing can be said about podcasting, being on YouTube, being on Twitch, having a dope-ass video channel somewhere else on a platform I don't know anything about. 1% of people in any given industry make almost all of the money. That's true in oil, that's true in gas, that's true in construction, and it's true in digital media. So the blogging thing didn't work out for me and, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, well, I'll open a consultancy. But that was a hard slog because I didn't want to really be an HR consultant. That was what I was trying to get away from. And so I landed in a weird place, especially during the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009, where I found myself being a career coach. To be fair, sometimes I called myself an executive coach because I did have executive clients. But most of the time, I talked to people who were fundamentally unhappy with work and with their lives. Maybe they needed some job search advice. Maybe they didn't. But what they wanted to talk about is why is work so hard? And at first, my answer was, I know, right? (laughs) Work is terrible. It's so hard. People are the worst. But you can't charge money for that kind of insight. I know. I'm shocked as well. So I had to come up with a process, a methodology, a way of interacting with people who needed my help where I could give them my best and give them something worth paying for, but also do this at scale. So that's what I want to talk about today. If you're interested in being an executive coach, a career coach, a job hunt coach, whatever term you want to use, what do you have to do to make this business work, to make it thrive, and to make it successful in a time when people have no money? The answer is a little complicated because most small businesses fail, like (laughs) at record rates. So if you want to be a coach of any kind, you have to approach this not like a side hustle, not like a thing you're going to do because you've got some free time and you need to make money. You need a business plan. You need a way through the dark times, the tough times, the moments where you don't have any income coming in and yet you want to drum up business. My friend Jennifer McClure is a really smart executive coach. And one of the things we often laugh about is we give advice that we don't follow. And her favorite piece of advice for people who are starting new businesses is to go visit score.org. SCORE is a wing of the Small Business Association, and they provide mentoring, counseling, advice, guidance for people who are looking to launch a new business. And it's kind of meta to be a career coach and then go get career coaching about how to launch your small business. But it is absolutely essential because if you want to monetize your coaching practice, you need a plan. But before you get to the how, I think it's really important to focus on the why. Why do you want to be an executive coach? Why do you want to help people through the most difficult moments of their professional lives? You need to know 
your backstory. You need to know what motivates you because if you don't know your backstory, including all of your strengths and all of your weaknesses, you're going to be a terrible coach. So I like to ask myself why three times. Why did I want to be a career coach? Well, there was a need out there and people were coming to me. Why were they coming to me? Well, hopefully because they sensed that I had a deep amount of compassion for what they were going through and because I had good advice and good ideas and good plans to help them get through some of the most difficult days of their lives. But why me? Why do I have that compassion? Why do I have ideas? Well, because I've seen this in my own life. My parents were chronically underemployed. Like they just were not meeting their potential in life. And my dad gladly took an early retirement package in 1996 and has not worked a single day since then. His skills just aged out. And frankly, the more he was unemployed, the more he drank and the more he drank, the less employable he got. And it became this weird, vicious cycle where he was looking for an external identity and external validation. And the world was telling him, you're not bringing it, dude. You're just not bringing it. And he took it personally. He really operated out of this sense of learned helplessness. Like he was a victim. And really, he was just a victim of his own self-limiting thoughts. My mom told me I'm not allowed to talk about her until she dies, but she doesn't listen to podcasts. So please don't tell her or tell her. I don't care, you know, really. But my mom was also a victim of her own self-limiting thoughts. She really identified herself as only having value in the eyes of the men around her. She took this men-first approach through every aspect of her life, through young adulthood, being a new wife, having children, being a new wife again, having more children, breaking up, figuring out that she was going to randomly take a police officer exam. And the men of the Chicago Police Department really defined her in her 30s and 40s. I don't want to talk about her, but her identity was wrapped up in how other people especially men, saw her as a woman. But beyond that, I have family members in my own life who, for whatever reason, hit a ceiling and never punched through. Or I have relatives who worked for chronically toxic work environments or bosses who mistreated them or just in jobs that gave them absolutely no satisfaction, that were pointless, that didn't use their knowledge, skills, and abilities. And they suffered and they didn't just suffer internally. Their lives were just somehow a little darker, a little bleaker, a little less colorful. And that feeling of pessimism and cynicism was transferred to other generations of my family. I and mean, it's just really fascinating. So I understand my why. People come to me because they sense that I have ideas and plans and skills and knowledge that can be helpful to them. But they also know that I know. I mean, I really know. I know. It's just, oh, it's painful for me to even say this, but I just know how terrible it is when work is just a hard slog. And I want to help people get past that. That's really important to me. That's the closest I get in this world to a sense of purpose. Now, you're not me. Your experiences are different and your why is absolutely different. But if you don't know it and you're not honest with yourself about it, you're not going to be a very good career coach. And if you think working class people are the only ones who go through this slog, no way, no way. I have worked with executives who make probably more than this audience put together. I mean, just like an insane amount of money. 
and the deep well of unhappiness they feel is real. It's palpable. And it's nothing to be laughed at because no matter how much money you make or where you fall on the org chart of life, you deserve to go to work and to contribute and to make enough money and to support your family, but to leave without feeling as if your dignity has been impacted. So that's my why. And you got to get there by asking why more than once, three times minimum. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to be a career coach or an executive coach? I think studying the world of coaching is also really important. I'm not someone who necessarily believes you need to go out and spend money on a certification. Like sometimes that's pointless and also kind of like a multi-level marketing scheme where, you know, at one level you're a blue and the next level you're a green at the next level you're a purple. And if you bring in other coaches, you get to ascend the ranking a little bit higher. Like uh, you should be skeptical of some of these coaching programs. But if you find a coach that you like, get curious, ask questions about how they operate, how they operate in the world, what they're reading, what they love. Follow that person and be curious. Interview them and ask them, how did you get to do what you're doing right now? And I know they will open up to you. I'm insanely curious about people who ask really good questions and then shut up. (laughs) So I try to do that. I mean, it's very difficult for me to shut up, but my coaching style is a lot of questions. The other thing about my coaching style is that it's a lot of activity. Like people leave my sessions with things to do, people to connect with, books to read. You know, like this is not about just coming in for a therapy session. I'm not a therapist. That's not what I have to offer. In fact, I think that's a real important component of coaching to know that it's not therapy, to know that it's not as good as seeing a doctor for when you're feeling depressed because medicine and maybe some activity fixes the biology of your brain. And then therapy really fixes psychology, attitudes, beliefs, long-held ways that we operate in the world. And then coaching really fixes the environmental reasons we make the same career mistakes over and over again. And I think it's a continuum. Like if you need medicine and you need therapy, coaching is not going to work for you. And a great coach knows this and will self-select out and say, I can't help you and turn down that client and make recommendations on medicine and on therapy. Not like you need to take Zoloft, but hey, have you thought about talking to someone? This is what I see. And if you need some help in connecting with a doctor or a therapist, let me help you with that. If you don't have the courage or the bravery to turn down business, to give people the resources they need, you cannot be an executive or a career coach. Finally, I'll leave you with this. A lot of times people feel as if they have expertise in the world of work and maybe their incomes are down or they're just curious and they say, you know what? F it. I'm going to be a career coach. I saw this a lot in the Great Recession and even afterwards. Like, you know, I'm an industry influencer or I'm a social media marketer or I'm just someone who's got a little bit of expertise in reading resumes. So I'm going to hang a shingle open up an Instagram account, and you ask me questions about your job. I follow a guy, speaking of Instagram, who writes poetry. And he just said on one of his Instagram posts that he is opening up a new wing of his business and he's going to be a life coach with special expertise on focusing on a job. And I thought, dude, you write poetry on Instagram all day long. I'm not taking job advice from you. 
As I mentioned earlier, I don't think certification necessarily matters, but I think work experience and someone's bona fides absolutely matter. Do you need a little extra cash? Go drive an Uber, even in a pandemic. Go do Instacart. Go work for Shipt. There are a lot of ways to do a side hustle that are faster, more profitable, and less destructive to other people than randomly opening up a coaching business. I'll tell you what, I haven't had a coaching session in the past five years where someone hasn't cried. I haven't talked to an executive leader ever who hasn't mentioned his parents or his family. Like never. Like it's never just a conversation about what's happening at work and what don't you like and what motivates you and what demotivates you. Like that's not what this is all about. And in the wrong hands with people who have fractured attention, boy, this just could be so destructive. Executive coaching, individual coaching is not a side hustle. So please just, just don't, don't do it. If you need ideas for a side hustle, hit me up. We can brainstorm. I will give you that career coaching session for 15 minutes for free, just so you don't think you can become an executive coach or a career coach. So if you want to start a coaching business, you know, I've given you four pieces of advice. Number one, go to score.org and create a business plan. Number two, understand your why and ask it three times. Number three, be prepared to turn down business that you're not qualified to take on, especially if somebody needs medicine or therapy. And then number four, do not consider career coaching or executive coaching to be a side hustle because you've got a big Instagram account or because you need to make a little bit of money. It is not a side hustle. You're dealing with real people. I just took on a new crop of clients, but not like a crop, just a few because they're on the bench and need some help. And so I said, yes, but I didn't take them on lightly because it doesn't feel good to monetize a job seeker who's looking for work. And because these are serious conversations I'm going to have with people. And I want to make sure that in all of my work, I have enough time to focus on them. I'm lucky that I had a corporate sponsor who could offer this career coaching to these individuals. So I've done that in my business. But I almost said no, because I have a lot going on in my life. And I really want to make sure that I offer these individuals 100%. And so I will leave you with this. Nobody wants a half-assed version of your effort. They don't want that if you work in human resources or project management or finance or wherever the hell you work. They want your whole ass and they want it every day. I didn't say your heart. I said your ass because the major muscle in your body are your glutes and you got to put everything you can, everything, all of your effort, all of whatever you do in this world into this business, especially into this coaching business. And if you only have half an ass for that, boy, we don't want it. No, thanks. But if you're ready to work and work on behalf of other people who are trying to figure the world of work out, boy, I think you could kill it. I think you can do great work. So if you need any advice, you have any questions, hit me up. You can find me at hello at letsfixwork.com. And I would welcome a conversation with you about how to start a coaching business or how to improve it, whatever you need. Just reach out and we'll figure out how to connect. And if you want any resources from this episode, you can head on over to laurierudeman.com forward slash punkrockhr dash 111. This is episode 111. Crazy. I hope you enjoyed the show today and remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and don't be fooled by Trump and his people. This is a real thing still, and it could still kill you. So be safe. Don't catch COVID-19. And we'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR. 